Chapters thirteen and fourteen of Sevastopol by Leo Tolstoy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters thirteen and fourteen of Part Two, Sevastopol, in May eighteen fifty-five. Mikhailov, on catching sight of the bomb, fell to the earth, and like Prashkushkin, he went over in thought and feeling an incredible amount in those two seconds while the bomb lay there unexploded he prayed to god mentally and kept repeating thy will be done and why did i enter the military service he thought at the same time and why again did i exchange into the infantry in order to take part in this campaign would it not have been better for me to remain in the regiment of uhlans in the town of t and pass the time with my friend natasha and now this is what has come of it and he began to count one two three four guessing that if it burst on the even number he would live but if on the uneven number then he should be killed all is over killed he thought when the bomb burst he did not remember whether it was on the even or the uneven number and he felt a blow and a sharp pain in his head lord forgive my sins he murmured folding his hands then rose and fell back senseless his first sensation when he came to himself was the blood which was flowing from his nose and a pain in his head which had become much less powerful it is my soul departing he thought what will it be like there lord receive my soul in peace but one thing is strange he thought and that is that though dying i can still hear so plainly the footsteps of the soldiers and the report of the shots send some bearers hey there the captain is killed shouted a voice over his head which he recognized as the voice of his drummer ignatyev some one grasped him by the shoulders he made an attempt to open his eyes and saw overhead the dark blue heavens the clusters of stars and two bombs which were flying over him one after the other he saw ignatyev the soldiers with the stretcher the walls of the trench and all at once he became convinced that he was not yet in the other world he had been slightly wounded in the head with a stone his very first impression was one resembling regret he had so beautifully and so calmly prepared himself for transit yonder that a return to reality with its bombs its trenches and its blood produced a disagreeable effect on him his second impression was an involuntary joy that he was alive and the third a desire to leave the bastion as speedily as possible the drummer bound up his commander's head with his handkerchief and taking him under the arm he led him to the place where the bandaging was going on but where am i going and why thought the staff captain when he recovered his senses a little it is my duty to remain with my men the more so as they will soon be out of range of the shots some voice whispered to him never mind brother he said pulling his arm away from the obliging drummer i will not go to the field hospital i will remain with my men and he turned back you had better have your wound properly attended to your honour said ignatyev in the heat of the moment it seems as if it were a trifle but it will be the worse if not attended to there is some inflammation rising there really now your honour 
mikhailov paused for a moment in indecision and would have followed ignatieff's advice in all probability had he not called to mind how many severely wounded men there must needs be at the field hospital oh, perhaps the doctor will smile at my scratch thought the staff captain and he returned with decision to his men wholly regardless of the drummer's admonitions and where is officer Prashkushkin, who was walking with me he asked the lieutenant who was leading the corps when they met i don't know killed probably replied the lieutenant reluctantly how is it that you do not know whether he was killed or wounded he was walking with us and why have you not carried him with you how could it be done brother when the place was so hot for us ah how could you do such a thing mikhail ivanovitch said mikhailov angrily how could you abandon him if he was alive and if he was dead you should still have brought away his body how could he be alive when as i tell you i went up to him and saw returned the lieutenant as you like however only his own men might carry him off here you dogs the cannonade has abated he added mikhailov sat down and clasped his head which the motion caused to pain him terribly yes i must go and get him without fail perhaps he is still alive said mikhailov it is our duty mikhail ivanovitch mikhail ivanovitch made no reply he did not take him at the time and now the soldiers must be sent alone and how can they be sent their lives may be sacrificed in vain under that hot fire thought mikhailov children we must go back and get the officer who was wounded there in the ditch he said in not too loud and commanding a tone for he felt how unpleasant it would be to the soldiers to obey his order and in fact as he did not address any one in particular by name no one set out to fulfil it it is quite possible that he is already dead and it is not worth while to subject the men to unnecessary danger i alone am to blame for not having seen to it i will go myself and learn whether he is alive it is my duty said mikhailov to himself mikhail ivanovitch lead the men forward and i will overtake you he said and pulling up his cloak with one hand and with the other constantly touching the image of saint mitrophany in which he cherished a special faith he set off on a run along the trench having convinced himself that Prashkushkin was dead he dragged himself back panting and supporting with his hand the loosened bandage and his head which began to pain him severely the battalion had already reached the foot of the hill and a place almost out of range of shots when mikhailov overtook it i say almost out of range because some stray bombs struck here and there at all events i must go to the hospital to-morrow and put down my name thought the staff captain as the medical student assisting the doctors bound his wound chapter fourteen hundreds of bodies freshly smeared with blood of men who two hours previous had been filled with diverse lofty or petty hopes and desires now lay with stiffened limbs in the dewy flowery valley which separated the bastion from the trench and on the level floor of the chapel for the dead in sevastopol hundreds of men crawled twisted and groaned with curses and prayers 
on their parched lips some amid the corpses in the flower-strewn veil others on stretchers on cots and on the blood-stained floor of the hospital and still as on the days preceding the dawn glowed over sapon mountain the twinkling stars paled the white mist spread abroad from the dark sounding sea the red glow illuminated the east long crimson cloudlets darted across the blue horizon and still as on days preceding the powerful all-beautiful sun rose up giving promise of joy love and happiness to all who dwell in the world End of chapters 13 and 14